It's time to crack a cold one and wreck some rankings on Wrecked Rankings. rankings. Welcome to Wrecked Rankings, and right now I'm curious about what that difference in inflection was there in the You know, intro. sometimes you have to mix it up. You know, people are just expecting a certain tone, um, but sometimes you have, you have to change the inflection so they go, whoa. So basically put a wrinkle in the game plan, if you will. That is very apropos, Nathan. <laughs> so today we are talking about the best and worst Super Bowls in honor of Super Bowl Sunday. Football Super Bowls. And uh, no, you... Uh, Probably busy cooking, doing all kinds of stuff, but if you have this on the background, we'll we'll give you a brief summary of some of the best and worst Super Bowls that have happened, uh, hopefully to inspire you or uninspire you on Matt's case, I guess. <laughs> yeah, we, you know, we just want to help you get the most dip on your chip that you possibly can <laughs> this festive time of year. You know, it should be a national holiday, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, nobody wants to go to almost, work the day after. Yeah, I would say the day after should be a, a national holiday on that Monday. But uh, but but yeah, going into it, we're gonna throw out some good ideas, and hopefully, we'll touch down in a good spot. Yeah, you know, we're you know we're, we're in for this episode like ride or die, kind of like this beer we're drinking, right, Nathan? It's called the Rider Eight Blonde Ale. So this is unique. It's like a black can. It says it was established in 2019. So that was the last year before the world just went to crap. <laughs> so. Are you insinuating this beer had something to do with it? Uh, maybe. I mean, it, it's a 4.5 ABV uh, blonde ale from State of Brewing. And you might correct me on this city. Is it Wanakee, Wisconsin? Yeah, I, I believe that is that. Yeah. Look at that. Look at Wanakee, Wisconsin. Getting some love on the show. <laughs> so uh, we'll let you know at the end of the show how we enjoyed this. Uh, but Super Bowls, you know, best time of year. Unless your team didn't make the playoffs at all, then it's quite possibly the worst. Or if your team just lost. I guess if you miss playoffs completely, you get to enjoy the Super Bowl for what it is. Because you don't, at this point, you've probably been defeated emotionally on the the home cooking front, I guess. So so maybe you can just kind of relax and enjoy all the festivities. And not... Yeah, you, just, you have a few drinks. You watch the Puppy Bowl beforehand. <laughs> and then you dive into it and you bet with your friends, you know. That is true. And so I think uh, kind of going into criteria for this, uh, things I'm looking at for on the best side are, you know, how, how close the game was, you know, was it competitive? Um, uh, other things would be like the star power involved because uh, there's some down years in the NFL here oh, and yeah. there, or you get matchups that aren't as desirable. So kind of star power and or, you know, team matchups stylistically, uh, you know, how, how, good the teams are and then i think the last piece kind of some of the x factors involved are you, you know underdog stories are always highly valued uh things like that that kind of add to the drama basically the other things outside that add a little bit of flavor to it i think those are yeah. some of the general things i've considered um i think at this point you know there's been enough super bowls to where there's some great super bowls out there there there's some absolutely terrible ones so honestly i don't think there's going to be any bad picks on either of these lists? I think they are likely to all be worthy picks. If I I'm guess, sure no. it's going to drive someone angry. Oh but. yeah, because it's one of those things where I mean, no matter what ends up on these lists, there there's ones you could argue to go in over it, and yeah, I kind of respect it. Um, I, I'm kind of passionate about what I have at number one being there, but all the other ones I'm going to say ahead right now, I'm pretty flexible on how you feel about them. I'm I am super concrete. I think, I think the number one. I think the number one, though, I I, I feel pretty good. Okay. Well, l- let's dive into it. Uh, let me kick this one off here. 
So let's start off with the bad one. Super Bowl 24. Do you know what the Roman numeral for 24 is, Nathan? I mean... What is it? XXIV. Yeah, okay. Well, a lot of people <laughs> in today's age don't know what Roman numerals are. They're kind of weird, right? Like, that we use those to, like, signify, like, anniversary events. I, I guess think. they seem profound. It makes us look fancy. It's doing too much. Anyways, this was a contest between the San Francisco 49ers and the Denver Broncos uh, from the year 1990. So, kind of like the end of the 49ers, like, dynasty, dynasty with Joe Montana. And kind of like the beginning of John Elway. So John Elway, even in 1990, was quarterback for the Broncos. And you think, oh, he's a Hall of Famer. He did fantastically. No, he had a terrible performance. He was 10 of 26 for 108 yards and two interceptions. They got beat 55 to 10. (laughs) 55 to 10. This was over, like, at the end of the first quarter. Um, Again, San Francisco had 461 yards, and they controlled the ball for 40 minutes. If you don't know football, that's two-thirds of the game they controlled the football. Uh, Denver had 167 yards. Jesus. I mean, Jerry Rice, you know, if you like watching him go off, I guess that's like one of the few saving graces. He had seven catches for 168 and three TDs. Great game by him, but again, it was it was kind of meaningless. So again, John Elway, Joe Montana, you think that's an all-time classic? It's not. Luckily, Elway would get it back later on. Um, but again, boring game. I basically agree with all the points there. It's a bad football game any way you want to cut it. <laughs> I think it it slides in easily because uh, because you know something like that. You know, if there's with that big of a blowout too, there's not an intrigue level at at later points in the game. There's just nothing that keeps going from the competitive side. Yeah, and so it it's really hard to enjoy. That kind of game, and I, I think everybody would agree with that. So, I, I don't think it's a bad pick at all. <laughs> all right, well, that was easy. Uh, going to yours, yeah. uh, hopping over. So, well, let the controversy begin. Number five, I have possibly a, a, a weird choice here. So, it's fairly recent, and it is going to be Super Bowl Fifty Two, and there you have the Philadelphia Eagles. And the New England Patriots. Mm. And so the New England Patriots, obviously, no strangers to the Super Bowl hype and being in the game and going there. It's a familiar face. And what makes this Super Bowl unique is they're going against the Eagles, who basically had to replace their starting quarterback uh, for for the playoffs. Uh, Basically bring in Nick Foles instead of Carson Wentz. And Nick Foles had been around the league. You know, he's had some experience. He's had a hard time maintaining a job as a starting quarterback. Obviously, he was backing up Carson Wentz in Philadelphia uh, leading into this role in the playoffs. But ultimately, going into those X-Factors once again, you have these underdog story with the Eagles, who ended up going on to win the game 41-33. to Yep. And the, you, you kind of expect going in, all right, you know, the Eagles are looking pretty good in the playoffs. They've made it to the Super Bowl, but the Magic's got to die at some point, you know. This isn't going to work, especially with this fine-tuned team with the Patriots because you've got Tom Brady there, of course. Um, kind of the split-rushing attack as they had in many years. Um, Gronkowski was looking great. Uh, the, I mean, their receiving core at, at that point, they had Danny Amendola, Chris Hogan, Brandon Cooks. It, it's not like huge star power names on the receiver side, but solid players, and obviously they're putting together great game plans week in, week out. 
but, but some of the highlights from this game are the Philly special with Nick Foles catching a pass and then uh, to, to score. And then on the flip side, Tom Brady being unable to catch a pass when they try to throw him one. <laughs> so there, there's some interesting uh, takeaways from the highlight side of this game. But generally, the, the reason got here, it ended up being you know a fairly close game that you know, the Patriots tried to make a move at the end and, and ultimately failed. But uh, the underdog story, uh, good game, some unexpected, keeps you guessing a little bit. And overall, it's especially if you're not a Patriots fan, it was a nice end to the day for you. Yeah, I mean, you almost thought this one was a gimme, right? I mean, the Patriots were heavy favorites. And, you know, that may be a common theme for a couple Super Bowls on the list. Um, but, yeah, Nick Foles went on to an interesting career, right? Went down to Jacksonville <laughs> to be a starter, got hurt. Went to Chicago, played a bit. Uh, kind of helped get them into the playoffs, kind of. Um, but, yeah, just never duplicated that success. And that was that was just a magical day. I mean, a magical him. postseason, really. But yeah, I, I would say it's it's very unique the the way this played out. Um, but but yeah, I mean, for what it's worth, good on Nick Foles. It's something he can always kind of hang his hat on and, and go from there because you can't you can't take it away from him. <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah you know, he good, hasn't had the craziest career, but good for yeah. Philly. They have terrible fans, but at least they got one. <laughs> one like the last thirty years throwing batteries at Santa. Yeah. Um, so let's go on to my number four here. Super Bowl 48. This involves a quarterback that Nathan loves. This is a contest between the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. So the Denver Broncos are riding high this year. They have like the most prolific offense of all time. Like legitimately. But they got beat down 43-8. to So again, this was Russell Wilson's first Super Bowl. Uh, again, 2013. It almost doesn't feel like he's been in the league that long. But he has. Um, the first play was a safety. So you knew the Broncos. Like when, yeah. you, when you first play in a Super Bowl as a safety, it, it's, it's really bad. Um, also, this game aired on Fox. So also, besides it being a bad game, you had Joe Buck on commentary. And we here on Rec Rankings do not really care for Joe Buck at all. In any sport, he commentates. He Just cracks me up from time to time. In a bad way. Well, I think it's sometimes he leans into it, and so I can... Yeah. Also, this was an interesting Super Bowl in the fact that it was played in New York. They just built MetLife Stadium. And, you know, it's the beginning of February. So normally they skew to, like, either indoor stadiums or places down south. So for it to be played in New York was a very interesting cho- choice. Uh, Malcolm Smith was the MVP. So, again, defensive MVP. It probably tells you all you need to know. And the Broncos were down 36 to nothing. <laughs> so... And it's crazy because Denver scored the most points ever that year, six hundred and six points. Mm-hmm. But we're down thirty six to nothing. Um, and then you know, just to cherry on top, last thing I'll say: Bruno Mars played with the Red Hot Chili Peppers at halftime. <laughs> and you know, there was admission afterwards to playing with pre-recorded music, which I don't think is all that uncommon. But you know, just cherry on top of a bad Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I think you kind of hit the the major points here. It's you go into this matchup thinking you got this great matchup of the uh, Broncos offense versus the Seahawks defense, you know, the kind of battle of the Titans on, on that, that aspect of it. It just doesn't pan out at all. Yeah. Uh, you get a horribly lopsided matchup once again. And uh, another little tidbit to add on your uh, starting off the game with a safety is bad. Uh, uh, recently, uh, 
the uh, Steelers and Bronco or sorry, Steelers and Browns played in the playoffs, and yep. first play of the game is a botched snap that goes in the end zone is recovered by t- by the Browns for a touchdown. Uh, so yeah, it's starting off the game with a, a bad snap is really not a, a good omen in in many of these big games. So. No, it's definitely a false start. <laughs> Ah, see what I did there? Uh, I'm, I'm, I want I want to like have a place for your jokes to stay and stop. I'm I'm, I'm call this area the end zone because it's where they need to end. I'm challenging that play because <laughs> I don't agree with your end zone. That's unsportsmanlike conduct. You need to get a spine and get more upright. <laughs> and just go on to your number four before we lose everybody. All right. All right. So, so sw- switching gears, we're going to go to Super Bowl 25 in mm. 1991, which was the Giants and the Bills, which the Giants ended up winning 20 to 19. And, and something in the football world that is it, always talked about is how the Bills just can't win a Super Bowl. This being the the closest they, they, they got to it. I mean, you have Jim Kelly, who's one of the, the greatest all time quarterbacks. Um, and he's got Andre Reed and James Lofton receiver wise. Like it's just this, this offense that's great. Uh, you know, they're putting in work. Uh, you, you always know that he's, he's got it in him, or at least you think he does. And so at the end of the Super Bowl, that really what, what gets on here, it's a very close game. 20 to 19 is the final score. Um, but, but the Bills had a chance to, to basically win it with a field goal at the end. Uh, they had a 47 yard field goal attempt by Scott Norwood that ends up missing. Wide and, and right. so uh, you basically get the, this heartbreak uh, on, on the Bills' side. And to this day, the Bills have not won a Super Bowl. They're looking much better these days. But, I mean, this is something that if you're Jim Kelly or you're looking back on the heyday of the Bills, this is kind of the biggest chance you had to to, to get that notch out of all the attempts that – you made it, make it to the Super Bowl several times, yeah, and never quite being able to get it done. This was the time to do it. Yeah, it's wild, right? Because Bill Parcells was the coach of the Giants, right, at yep. the time. Um, and the Bills went to four Super Bowls in a row and lost. <laughs> that is insane. Four Super Bowls, right? Like that, you have to just quit at life <laughs> after <laughs> that. Um, so it was tough times, especially for a small market like Buffalo. Well, it's, yeah, it's also this was the the first one of the four, and so what makes it even more defeating is that you came this close, and so you know in consecutive years you think okay you'll kind of get over the hump and and do something, but it doesn't pan out that way at all. And in fact, in some ways, it gets worse. <laughs> like you think the fans were excited that, for the... the last two? You run into the the Cowboys buzzsaw who. It handled them very well. Do you think the the fans were excited at, like once it got to the fourth Super Bowl? <laughs> or do you think they were like, please for the love of God? I mean, it's hard to replicate. I mean, but it's it's just one of those things. It's at the time you probably didn't think it was going to end this horribly for for the uh, the Bills' legacy there. But I mean, making it to four straight Super Bowls is still. Something to be. Proud it's incredible. Of. Like, I mean, yeah, it hadn't like, happened since. Like I feel like sometimes our sports culture, we we hurt on people too. We much elevate championships, losing. right? Yeah. So like we, we elevate championships, and then like we really like dog on people for losing in the championship game. In, in some ways, people get more flack for losing the championship than if they hadn't made the championship at all. Yeah. Because because like you think about the Bills, we don't talk about the years that they didn't make it to the Super Bowl. 
we really harp on them for losing in the Super Bowl, but technically, you know, getting to the Super Bowl is better than not making it to the Super Bowl. Yeah, like, you know, it, it's, a, it's this weird paradox. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's an apples to apples. I mean, because like, what what in basketball? Like, doesn't Robert Ory have like nine rings or something? Seven, I believe it's Orbert's got like seven. It's, it, it's like the most. Beats, it's like the most of all time, right? Like, well, Besides I mean Will? Russell. Like, I mean Russell. I think would would lead everything, but it's like Ori beats out you know Jordan and Kobe and LeBron and, yeah. and whoever by being right place, right time. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. So it's like you know you can't equate. We have, just we have one a weird game. thing. We have a weird fascination with championships to a certain extent, but but yeah, no. So that's those are the main themes from the Super Bowl. But but yeah, uh, close game. Got a lot of history behind it with what happened with the Bills franchise. Those are some of the main reasons that it made it here. Yeah. Um, so number three on my list, Super Bowl thirty five. This was the year two thousand. So you know, Y two K had just happened. Uh, the computers did not throw overthrow the government and doom us all. This was a bout between the Baltimore Ravens and the New York Giants. Do you know what the score was, Nathan? Thirty four to seven. Thirty four to seven. Okay, so kicking off a new millennium, this is it. This is what we got. So you have two quarterbacks that you don't really remember the names of. You, unless you're a football fan, you don't really remember Kerry Collins for the Giants starting, do you? Yeah. That's, do you remember the Baltimore Ravens quarterback? Trent Dilfer. So, well, Dilfer st- stayed around, like, analyst-wise. So I guess if you watch a lot of... He did. Like, and he bounced ESPN around and had some starting roles on, like... Inconsequential teams. I mean, he made it to one of the Super Bowl with the Seahawks, but it wasn't because of him. It was because of Sean Alexander. I mean, I mean, start, starting off already with this game, you've hit on one of the big things. Like, you know, I said one, so of, star, one star of the power. criteria. Yeah, the star power. It's you know, I, I guess with, with some of the games that we talk about, you know, you'll end up like I guess even on the best list, even if you just have one side with a great quarterback, like you know, like a Tom Brady or a Jim Kelly or something like that. Yeah. But, if the quarterback matchup that you're going in looking at is Kerry Collins versus Trent Dilfer, you're not that excited from the get-go. <laughs> no, you're really not. I mean, probably the biggest star out of everybody is Ray Lewis. Yep. And then at the time, Jamal Lewis was pretty good. Yeah, Jamal, was running Jamal back. Lewis, I think, was underappreciated to a certain Yeah, extent. I mean, dude, the Ravens' defense was immaculate. The Giants' only seven points came from a kickoff return. It wasn't even from an offensive touchdown. Um, you know... So, you had a bad game, right? And you're like, okay, well, I'll stick around for the halftime show. Aerosmith and Britney Spears. Yikes. Okay, what a weird combination in 2001. Um, you also had NSYNC and Nelly and a, a cameo from Mary J. Blige. So, what a weird concoction. I mean, from people our age, we remember all of those names. But it does not mesh together. It's like when you go to a fast food restaurant and mix all the sodas together. Yeah. Just, no, it's not like that at all. <laughs> because sometimes that soda ends up being really good. Anyways, I mean, they combined for four interceptions, both quarterbacks. They You know, 15 of 39 passing. Just what a terrible game. I mean, Jamal Lewis had 102 yards, so good for him, I guess. But mm-hmm. what a terrible way to kick off the millennium. I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with it. I mean... I like how you're bringing in the halftime shows. I, I really am. It, it was, I'm, I guess we didn't talk about our criteria, but I, I consider I encompass all of it. <laughs> so uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll. I really don't have anything to dispute that. I mean, like you don't have the star power going in, especially on the quarterback side, who are always the most visible players. Yeah, Ray Lewis is one of the few defensive players that would get as much attention 
as a quarterback or as a running back receiver on that yep. front. Like, cause yeah, it, it's, it's, you know, defense players don't nearly get as much love on that front. Um, but yeah, no bad game too. So, you know, lack of star power, terrible game, terrible Super Bowl. Like, yep. I think it's pretty easy to go with. Oh, for sure. But yeah. So then hopping over to number three on my list. Do is it. Super Bowl 23 with the San Francisco 49ers and Cincinnati Bagels. With the 49ers ending up winning the game 20 to 16. Uh, but, but really, it's a close Super Bowl, but the defining moment of this is kind of one of the bigger pieces of Super Bowl history with Joe Montana leading the drive at the end of the game to, to win, where they, they're basically on their own eight yard line. And <clears throat> kind of like with the, the legacy of Joe Montana, they're getting ready to go. The, the game's on the line. They're, they're down three. They're, they're needing to, to, to make things happen. And so Joe Montana is kind of getting in the huddle, getting everybody ready and sees uh, John Candy in the stands and points him out to everybody say, Hey, isn't that John Candy kind of getting ready? Yep. Loosened. That's up, how you do it. Getting everybody loosened up, you know, not getting in their own heads. And then, you know, sure as the sun rises, uh, Joe Montana comes through in the big game and, you know, they put together essentially the game winning drive go up, uh, you know, with the, I think it was like a two and a half minute drive essentially. And they go all 92 yards, get the touchdown. They, they end up uh, winning the game, uh, becomes another notch in the belt of Joe Montana. Um, and, and that being said, I mean, the Bengals team wasn't bad either. Cause obviously on the 49ers side, you've got Joe Montana, Roger Craig, uh, Jerry Rice. So you've got, you've got some, some names there who, you know, obviously high performers. I mean, Jerry Rice is the best receiver of all time, but uh, on the other side, I mean, you, you did have Boomer Esiason. So it's like you, you had, you know, star power on the other side as well, I, I think is is what, what that goes to. And, I mean, Boomer did not play a very good game. <laughs> he, he was 11 for 25 for 144 yards in that. Um, another recognizable name on the Bengals side was they had Chris Collinsworth, that receiver. Uh, you've likely heard his voice many a time. I don't care for uh, either of their commentary. And here's a guy who catches the football. <laughs> now here's a guy. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so it's it, it was coming through in a big way, um, kind of building the Joe Montana legacy. And it, it was against a worthy opponent, all things considered. And you get the drama aspect. You get the star power. You, you get the clutch moments. I mean, it, it's a lot of the things that you'd love to see in the Super Bowl. And I think that's why it's always touted as one of the best Super Bowls of all time. Yeah, I mean... I don't have really much to say. I mean, that's what you want, right? I mean, a game-winning drive chance for somebody. You want it to come down to the last few minutes. Um, it, it did. And ultimately, you know, the sexier team won, which probably helps. <laughs> it did. I mean, right. I mean, it's. I don't know if it would be as memorable if the Bengals won. Mm-hmm. Really don't. Yeah. Especially, like I said, it, yeah, that Joe Montana legacy is a huge part of that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I'll kick it back to you. So, you know, I realize the 49ers are in a lot of these. Yeah, I mean, there's common themes. It's, you know, the 49ers are involved in a, in a lot of stuff. So I'm guessing this is... Yeah, so Super Bowl twenty nine. This was about between the 49ers and the San Diego Chargers at the time. So the game, again, was a blowout. It was 49-26. to However, this was after Joe Montana. So this is Steve Young. Steve Young has taken over. Um, you know, it's his time to shine. Really, a lot of talk in the league at that point was between, like, the real championship game was the NFC title game. 
between the 49ers and the Cowboys. Those were considered the two best teams in the league. So, again, the Chargers were kind of just dis- dismissed from the beginning. So, again, it, it's already born from that point because you realize, okay, well, you know, they're going to get swept. Steve Young had six touchdown passes, which is a record <laughs> in Super Bowl. That's never been done before. Uh, we'll see. Maybe Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady can do it this year. Uh, but, again, it's never been matched. Um, you know, Do you remember who the quarterback was for the San Diego Chargers, Nathan? In that day's what, what year were we talking about? Ninety four. No, no, no. Do you remember? I'm not asking you to look no. it up. <laughs> Stan Humphreys. Doesn't that sound like the most generic quarterback name of all time? <laughs> it, it, it does. It really does. Stan Humphreys. Are you serious? Again, the Chargers were like a Cinderella story that year. So good on them, I guess, for getting to the Super Bowl. Um, but. It's it, it's it's fine. I mean, Super Bowl halftime show. Nathan was Patty Labelle. <laughs> he had Teddy uh, Pendergrass. <laughs> but that sounds agreeable, I guess. I, I I guess it doesn't really get you amped. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um. So again, just a weird game. Yeah, if you want to get amped, you should get Good Charlotte or somebody to perform. Dude, Good Charlotte would totally kill it at a Super Bowl. Do it. Get some Benji Madden in there. <laughs> Go ahead, Nathan. All right. See, so yeah, I I don't disagree. It's another terrible Super Bowl. <laughs> I mean, it, it ticks the boxes for you know an uncompetitive game. Um, and because yeah, I think some of the worst things about Super Bowl is when there's a favorite involved. Yep. And the favorite ends up winning handedly. It's you know kind of what you expect. It removes it removes that element of unexpectedness that you're kind of hoping for. Yeah, maybe you, you, know, you can't a, really make an argument for the game. other team. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think that's, that, that's a big thing involved with some of these, uh, but kicking back over on the best side, number two is begrudgingly Super Bowl 51, Ooh. where the uh, new England Patriots defeated the Atlanta Falcons 34 to 28. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, this uh, another recent Super Bowl, but the, I mean, the biggest story here. That uh, everybody always talks about is the Falcons having the lead at twenty-eight to three, and then blowing it, uh, ultimately losing in overtime. It becoming the first overtime Super Bowl to ever exist. But that is wild, right? The first overtime Super Bowl—that's crazy. Yeah, because I guess I guess the odds of it. Because I mean, at that at that point, you're at but you're 50, at fifty Super Bowls, fifty-one Super Bowls. So I guess maybe we should look up the stats real quick on what are the number of games that ended up in overtime. Because I guess yeah, it feels like throughout the year there's a lot more. Yeah, because I guess I guess maybe we see with the percentage. Because yeah, at that point you know you you had 50 Super Bowls prior, yeah, and it, none of those ended up in, in in overtime. So just the pure chance as far as regularity versus the regular season, I'd be curious to look at that stat. Um, but but yeah, I think even <laughs> more going into the the whole comeback there. It's obviously Tom Brady at the helm of the Patriots, uh, leading people back. It, it kind of you know going into the Tom Brady legacy. We've moved on from the Joe Montana talking about Tom Brady now, but I mean to a certain extent, the Falcons also did blow this game because uh, going into the later part of the comeback, the Falcons are up twenty-eight to twenty, and there's under five minutes to go, and I believe they're on the New England Patriots twenty-three yard line, and Matt Ryan proceeds to take a sack, which puts them back to the around the 35. 
And then they end up getting a holding call, which all, all things put together puts them out of field goal range to where if the Falcons had just not committed penalties, do what you need to do, don't take a sack, kind of play by the, the You could have just kneeled it until fourth down. <laughs> yeah, basically on that drive, you need to get some points to force uh, you know a two-possession game because you're up eight at that point. If you get field goal, you're pretty much golden. You've got you're going to end up with less than four minutes to go. In, in almost any case, you're going to be able to force the Patriots into a very uncomfortable spot to where they're basically have to go for an onside kick. Um, and in in most cases, so it's like the outlook of the game is pretty much saved if you're yeah. able to come away with points on that drive. And I think that's that's something that needs saying. But uh, the interesting thing is. So, I mean, the Patriots' makeup was a little bit different. So we had mentioned the uh, on number five, it was the Patriots-Eagles game um, where, I mean, in that game, I mean, Gronk had, you know, a couple touchdowns going there. But uh, in this game, kind of the biggest player on the Patriots' side was James White, who ended up with three touchdowns. He had 14 catches, 110 yards, six rushes for 29 yards, ultimately scores the game-winning touchdown, just had one heck of a day. Because um, yeah, the, this Patriots team did not have Gronk. They they did have at receiver Amendola, Julian Edelman, Chris Hogan. So that they had that going for them. Um, and, and you know, Tom Brady ended up with 466 passing yards at the end of this. Um, but it's just the the biggest story is it's a crazy comeback, especially in a Super Bowl when, when you're in the driver's seat like that. So it's something the Falcons. I have not yet lived down. <laughs> yeah, you almost feel bad for the Falcons, right? Like with all that talent, especially on the offensive side. Yeah, and, and you had you had a chance to seal the game basically, or to put yourself into a winning position, and and they just do the the two things you can't do: commit penalties and take a sack, and it just ends it for them. So it's it, it, at that point, even if the Patriots are stepping up their game, do it. You have a chance to not blow it, and you, you completely botch that. I. I but it ultimately makes for a crazy Super Bowl on, on all fronts. So that, that's how it got onto this list. Yeah, see, it, it was great TV, right? Because normally, if someone's up like 28 to 3 at halftime, like you, you start to tune out. But like America knows, okay, well, Tom Brady's on the other side. So we're going to keep watching. And, dude, it was, it was probably the most compelling Super Bowl, I think. I don't know. I may have put it at number one because it's just, it's comical. <laughs> on, on the Falcon side, as to what it's happened, unfathomable. <laughs> like it's it, just, it's it's it really is bad. There isn't enough to be said about that. Um, but but yeah, it's I, I, it, it is what it is. It's it's they can't back, go back and fix it now. And yeah, it, it's something that it's it's kind of like a constant meme in the sports community now. Yeah, no, dude, great pick. All right, what is what is the worst Super Bowl? Super Bowl. 37. This was from the year 2002. This took place between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Oakland Raiders. This is probably the worst star power game of all time. So you had Rich Gannon, which he, he was okay, right? This was like the end of his career. I do like Gannon better than I do Collins and Dilfer. Yeah, I mean, he was probably a little more prolific with the offense and had a little more... He was better. But, like, do you remember who the winning quarterback was? Brad Johnson. Brad. See, another... What is up with these weird generic names for these quarterbacks? 
So <laughs> they have to they have to generate a random player like in Madden to, to fill out rosters. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, the game was 48 to 21, it, but it wasn't even that close. It it was like over. It was I think it was worse than that in the third quarter. Um, again, another defensive MVP, Dexter Jackson. Do you remember Dexter Jackson? I mean, actually, a little I, bit. I yeah, do. They, yeah, they, they, they playing a, Madden. I mean, going. You were talking about the the Ravens defense in that other game with the lack of star power, but the Buccaneers defense was pretty crazy good. Because I mean, that, that that was also heyday. I guess Rondé Barber, Derek Brooks, like they're. Yeah, there was some star power but on the defensive side. Correct. I mean, dude, they owned Rich Gannon. They returned three ints for TDs. <laughs> three returned in one game. Uh, five total turnovers by Oakland. It, who else was in the game? Warren Sapp was in the game, right? Remember Warren Sapp? Oh yeah, that, that's true. I... Warren Sapp, Rondé Barber, they were in the game. Um, but dude, like, yeah, it was Brad Johnson and Michael Pittman was the running back. He had a, he had twenty nine carries for one hundred and twenty four yard yards, uh, so you know good for him. Uh, but dude, it, it was so boring. There was no sexiness to this. Also, Shania Twain, no doubt, and Sting. I, See, what, I, what does I that mean to you? That. <laughs> you can't hate on that. You're, you're hating all these eclectic matchups. Of, they they don't make of sense. Music. You know, granted, I think the late two thousands, early twenty tens were the worst. But, like, this is not good. Well, because you, you had this whole era of just having all these guest appearances. and They were playing it safe for a while, right? So you had, like, your Bruce Springsteen's, and you had The Who. Remember The Who one year? I mean, yeah. like, what? what? The, the issue is, yeah, with some of those, I mean, it's a safe pick, but... Correct. A lot of times it seemed like... you Kind of like the, what you just said with uh, the appeal, trying to hit multiple age groups, because you got... Shania, no doubt, and Sting mixed together. You can cover a wide variety of the age groups on the halftime show there. Yeah, you can. like when you do like these single act performances, like you're going to leave out, you know, the younger generation or vice versa. So I think, I guess, a lot of the whole uh, putting people together, the potpourri of music, uh, lets you hit more people overall. I guess so. I mean, if you were so young like bad, me, it's not a bad marketing strategy. I guess if you were young like me in 1999. You flipped over at halftime, and you watched halftime heat between The Rock and Mankind in the empty <laughs> arena match. It was the greatest thing that's ever happened. But anyways, yeah, so yeah, that's all I got to say, Nathan. It was really bad. Okay, so I, once again, don't disagree. Um, I guess if you, you love seeing a defense uh, put on some points, yes, the interceptions were quite entertaining. But other than that, yeah, not much else going here. Um, it's... It, 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 Probably should have been a better game than it was if there wasn't as many oh, yeah. mistakes. Uh, so it, it had potential to be a better Super Bowl, but obviously that didn't pan out. Uh, but going into the best Super Bowl of all time, I have Super Bowl Forty Two between the New York Giants and the New England Patriots. Wow, best ever! And and, and th- yes, this basically has everything that I was talking about from the criteria standpoint. So. You know, it's the 2007 season, you know, we're at February 2008, and the New England Patriots are on the cusp of being the perfect team, mm-hmm. where they had their 16-0 and season. They are looking to go through and, you know, finish the job, create this perfect season. You know, they've already got, like, merchandise and things in the works and all that. And, you know, they're coming in and going up against the, the New York Giants who were 10-6 that year. 
and you know, kind of their their team makeup. I mean, they had you know strong defense, uh, but then you know you you have some people you still recognize. You know, the Eli Manning who you know, is obviously the brother of Peyton yep. Manning, and there's always talks about how great Eli was, all things considered. Um, but but really, you came in this expecting that the Patriots are the favorite. And they're going to win. They're going to seal this legacy, you know, everything there. And what ended up happening is you get this game where, I mean, you're getting pressure on Tom Brady. You're keeping him down. Um, uh, you're, you're basically putting him into an uncomfortable spot that he probably hasn't been in, in yeah. many times in that year. And you're, you're not able to score a whole lot of points, but you get towards the end of the game and you're in a good position where, you know, ultimately the Giants are down, you know, 14 to 10. They're, they're driving. It's, it's uh third down uh, around midfield and you're Peyton or Eli Manning. Ha. Sorry. I wanted to Peyton and everything, <laughs> but Eli Manning's, you know, back in the park trying to move around. He's got Adelius Thomas and Richard Seymour trying to grab him, you know, take him down. He's able to escape a sack. And throw kind of the iconic Super Bowl pass to David Tyree, who yep. catches it with Rodney Harrison of all people defending. So you've got, I mean, all, all kinds of stars trying to stop this play. Kind of you know some of the gems uh, of this Patriots team, and you know that, that thirty-two yard catch ends up going down in history where David David Tyree catches it on his helmet, and then ultimately they're able to keep it going, and Elon Manning's able to connect with Plaxico Burris for a touchdown. They go up 17-14. You know, Patriots aren't able to put anything together with the, the last moments of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, they did have a Hail Mary at the end, but ultimately fall short in what was supposed to be the ultimate glory of the Patriots dynasty ends up crumbling in the dust at the hands of Eli Manning, who gets his first Super Bowl. And then, uh, I mean, later on, the Patriots go on to lose to the Giants again. But putting it all together, you have everything. You have this... Star power with, you know, the plus people people are arguing is the greatest team of all time in the Patriots. Uh, and then, you know, you got the star power of Tom Brady, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Even at that point, it was already in those discussions. And then, you know, you've got the underdog element coming in and kind of crushing the hopes. Uh, you got a competitive game all the way through. It's pretty much anything you could ever hope for in a Super Bowl. Yeah, I can't argue much, right? I mean, it was the best offense ever. At that point, I mean, dude, Randy Moss was like a yeah. huge acquisition. Dude, between Randy Moss they, and Wes Welker. The, dude, I think they averaged like 50 points almost like that year. It was just insane. Yeah, it was, it was one of those things, too, because it's like the, I mean, the Patriots are obviously rolling before, but then adding somebody with the power of Randy Moss to that offense was huge. <clears throat> and then, I mean, the, the Patriots defense just had, I mean, they, they were still in their glory days back then where they're, I mean, they're kicking butt. You got Teddy mm-hmm. Bruschi, Mike Vrabel, like I said, the Daily Thomas, Richard Seymour, Vince Wilfork, uh, Brandon Merriweather, Asante Samuel, Rodney Harrison, like yeah, all around. Just, you, got, you got stars all over the defense. It's crazy, right? You know, because we think about, you know, they were almost perfect that year. Yep. You know, you know, I'm sure the 70, what, 70, is it 73 Dolphins or 71 Dolphins? I, I forget the year. Where, yeah. So but it's, like, it's, you know, they were the only undefeated team in, in football history. Um, even though they only had to play like two games yeah. less, this is this was going to be the first what nineteen. It was going to be nineteen. It was going to be nineteen and zero. Um, you know, and also they played in week seventeen, 
and it was a really close game. And again, the Patriots won, but I think that added to it too. It, it was a, more of a comeuppance. Um, but dude, just fantastic game, fantastic coaches. I, you know, I loved Tom Coughlin. <laughs> I don't know why, just an old cranky man. <laughs> Something about it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, no, I think it ticks all the boxes. So I guess uh, starting with the honorable mentions, uh, do you have anything on the best side you were hoping to see? So what Super Bowl number was that? The the one we just talked about? Yep. So we were talking about Super Bowl 42. Yep. Super Bowl 43. <laughs> the next year, the Steelers and the Cardinals. Yep. This was a fantastic game. So, again, I was a huge Kurt Warner fan. And they kind of came out of nowhere. They made the wild card at like 9-7. and seven. And, again, they made it all the way to the Super Bowl. Ben Roethlisberger's second Super Bowl. Um, but, you know, great game. Uh, they were up 17-7. to At the end of the game, Santonio Holmes made that amazing end zone catch. Um, but I thought that was, that was just a fantastic game. Yeah, and even before the Santonio Holmes catch, there was the basically the touchdown pass from Warner to, to, to Fitzgerald where – you thought that was going to possibly win it for the Cardinals until the, I guess the the, the two minutes. Oh, also, yeah, end. right before halftime, James Harrison returned to pick 100 that, yards. <laughs> but that, yeah, that was uh, interesting seeing a big man run and yep. then run out of breath <laughs> at the end of it. But he but, made it. Yeah, no, that that was a, a great Super Bowl. That was probably what I had at number six. Honestly. Okay. Um, the other things, let let me see. I'm trying to go back, but. Go, going in back to what we were saying earlier, yeah, there's a fair amount of Super Bowls that are probably worthy. Um, some ones I had were uh, Super Bowl 49 with mm-hmm. the Patriots and Seahawks, where that, that was the one where ultimately the Seahawks are leading this crazy drive at the end of the game uh, to, to try and, you know, win it. They're, they're down 20-24, and you get this crazy catch from Jermaine Curse that gets them a first and goal, and then ultimately a second and goal, they... Throw an interception to, uh, to Malcolm Butler that that ends their hopes there. Yep, that's another big controversy and what if discussions. Uh, so that, that one was in contention. Um, so, some other, I guess, a couple other close games that that are interesting are kind of the Rams Super Bowls from the early two thousand. So in uh, Super Bowl thirty four uh, in two thousand, you had the the Rams beating the Titans twenty three sixteen, where the Titans almost were able to tie the game at the end and yeah. possibly force the first overtime at that point. Um, but, but ultimately come, you know, a yard and a half shortish. Um, that, that was a great game all the way through. And then uh, in 2002, when the Patriots are able to win 20 to 17 against the Rams and kind of starting off what ended up becoming the Patriots dynasty, which at that time it was more of a question on whether the Rams were going to have a dynasty. Oh, correct. Um, so, so it was, a really weird reversal when you look back at it, but that, that in and of itself is a very great game. Um, but those, those were some of the main other ones I was considering. Uh, the last honorable mention I'll have is Super Bowl Forty Seven with the Ravens of Forty ers because they played lights out. Literally, the lights went out in the stadium, and they had to pause play in the it was second fine. half. So, so I, I think that deserves. I think that play. added an element of drama to it. <laughs> so yeah, that's. That's that's an honorable mention for the best list. Um, so then, I guess on the worst side, really the only other one that I was thinking might have in your top five was uh, Super Bowl twenty uh, mm-hmm. with the Bears and the Patriots, which was another one where the the Bears were fifteen and one that year, were expected to destroy the Patriots, 
and ultimately just went in and destroyed the Patriots 46 to 10. Um, so it was another one, I guess, similar to what was your number two, where the 49ers are expected to cream yep. the Chargers. It was similar situation. You know, the Bears are just expected to demolish the Patriots, go in and demolish the Patriots. See, and, uh, I, I guess I'm more skewed towards offense. Because, like, yeah, their defense was mm-hmm. amazing. But, like, their offense wasn't that good. It's just they were so much <laughs> better than the Patriots. But uh, uh, the only other thing I was going to mention was uh, Super Bowl forty seven between the Ravers and the Ravens and the 49ers. <laughs> the Ravers? <laughs> the Ravers. <laughs> ha. Ha. But uh, the Ravens and the 49ers because uh, they couldn't even keep the lights on. That, that's yeah. how that it was. Um, but, yeah, I guess is there anything else you were considering? So, the only one that was close to making the worst list was Super Bowl 53 between the Patriots and the Rams. It was 13 to 3. So again, this game only took place a couple of years ago, right? So again, you have the young upstart team in the uh the Rams with Jared Goff, Aaron Donald, Todd Gurley, and the Patriots. So you assume, right, big scoring. It's going to happen. It's going to be amazing. But no, it it's the most boring game. It's 0 to 0 after the first quarter. It's 3-3 three to three after halftime. So one touchdown? That's all you give me in a Super Bowl? How bland. It's really bad. Again, yeah, good for Tom Brady and good for the Patriots, but the Rams especially disappointed me. All that offense all year for nothing. Well, yeah, because I guess, yeah, going into it, it's, you know, the Patriots have rebuilt their defense again and we're performing great on that front. But, you know, like I sold the talk with the Rams, they got Sean McVay with a super creative offense to where, they're, they're never stagnating. I mean, yeah. Jared Goff isn't going to be the highest-touted quarterback out there, but you know, with the weapons they do have, they, they're able on offense to come up with different ways to move the ball. And yeah, you know, especially with you know Gurley at that at running back, that that kind of thing. You know, you have a, a lot of clout for for that season. You know, you got a lot of firepower on the offense, so it's it's very disappointing just to see it kind of collapse. <laughs> yeah, I guess it, it speaks a little bit to Belichick as well. Um, I mean, and how he runs an organization. So that that's a fair counterpoint on that. But yeah, ultimately it amounts to a not very entertaining Super Bowl. Correct. Very boring. That's it, man. Yeah, I guess. Uh, what you what you think about the uh, the Ryder beer? I'm actually liking it a lot. Yeah, it's fine. It, it's not like it doesn't overpower anything. It's just kind of there. It's very, it's very drinkable. Like, I would say it's, it's very relaxing. I think this would go great. Into like we, a, we could watch Super some bad Bowl Super Bowls, and, and so it, it would make it better. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. I, overall, I think it's a pretty solid beer. Yeah, you know, I think we've established today. You know, there, there's all there's some games that are super competitive. There's some some games that's not. I think the best part of Super Bowl is about hanging out with your friends and family, having some really good food. Having some some drinks if you partake and just letting loose. You know, again, the Monday should be a national holiday. It's a shame that it's not. <laughs> we'll start the campaign. We will. Um, but again, guys, that's all for we have today. Again, enjoy this year's Super Bowl. We'll see where Kansas City and Tampa Bay lead us, and we'll see you on the next show. <laughs>